You are listening to From Panel to Podcast, the best damn comic book show out there. We cover everything. Phil, Philipoff, my host, co-host, <laughs> sidekick. Hi there, Andrew Reiner. I am currently scratching my head at the brand new format for the introduction that I thoroughly enjoy. That's why we don't call ourselves the best damn comic book podcast on the planet. That should be the name, because nothing else comes close to it. We we go into everything. I got to backtrack on something I said from last week. On last week's show, I said, usually the main issue in a series goes for more than the variant. That's not yeah. the case on the super rare super coveted versions of the the variants those go for hundreds of dollars as well so yeah, those, it's like, kind what of about... all all across the map right like key issues sometimes the main one goes for more than the variant even though the variant is in lesser quantities but it just depends on the comic right especially those virgin variants that are like the one of a hundreds types of things like i think i was sharing with you the department of truth number one with the something's killing the children variant or cover variant and what did i send you that that went for like four or five hundred dollars something in that that ballpark and you can get the first issue for 35 40 yeah so it's i don't know six times higher yeah you know which is yeah so anyway correction note to kick off the show that's what people love corrections yeah uh let's go into something that i was excited about but I didn't think would be this good. DC Comics' Rogues issue one from Joshua Williamson is fantastic. And it's such a cool look into the future of a villain. Phil, I'm going to let you kind of riff off this here a little bit. Yeah. This is a part of the Black Series. It is $6.99. It's a little bit expensive, but it is totally worth it. The villain of note is Captain Cold. Mm -hmm. He is done being Captain Cold. He's reformed. He's living a normal life, working at like a box factory (laughs) of all things. And he has a parole officer that's checking in on him. Doesn't believe he can go, you know, stay right on the right side of the the tracks here, but he does. And it's, it's fascinating to see that side of him, but things start to go south for, for Snart here. And yeah, what did, what did you think of this one? I went into this episode or issue believing that I was going to enjoy it, and I didn't think I was going to love it as much as I loved it. This thing, this book, is well worth every cent of the $6.99. I thought the art style was very, very fitting for, again, the story being told, as, told as I like to harp on quite often. I loved seeing what's happened in the 10 years since all these guys have retired. Guys and gals, I should say, because it's not just guys. And just the plan that they come up with. like You kind of just book. see... Yeah, it's a heist book, and it comes to fruition throughout the course of the tale being told as well. Um, I loved it. I cannot wait for the next one. And speaking of variants, I might get the variant cover on Wednesday. Oh, boy. You're you're all in on these variants now. I love it. <laughs> I love it. it. <laughs> and Rogues, by the way, has art by Leo Max. Uh, and yeah, it, it really does feel like a high quality, well thought out, just kind of brilliant book. That was my standout for last week that, you know, the new releases. I also really enjoyed, I hate to say it, Phil. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to you talking about this because I've got a side note on this and I think it might blow your brain a little bit. Deathstroke Inc. Yeah. Is that the book you thought? Okay. I knew exactly where you were going with that because it finally went to where you wanted it to go. Yeah, so it's been dumb. It had unicorns, (laughs) him taking over a kingdom. This is issue seven, so six chapters of of groan inducing. This is not my Deathstroke types of story. They finally seems like they hit the stride as they lead into Shadow War. So I think maybe someone like reined them in, like, "Hey, we're gonna have this crossover event. 
get your ducks in a row. <laughs> get rid of the unicorns and all this stuff. Let's let's get it back where it needs to be. Deathstroke is this vigilante, this gun for hire, sword for hire. Let's get him where he needs to be, and they get there in a big way. And yeah, what's your side note? What what do you want to add here? Did you see who wrote that? No, Josh Williamson. Oh, well, look at that. Do you know what else Josh Williamson wrote? Uh, let's say Savage Spider-Man. No, but that would have been very, very cool to go there. Uh, he wrote the most recent Eclipse Tale in Batman. Okay. He also wrote that hell of a run that happened in Flash that gave us that new villain. Uh, what the hell was his name? Not Paradox. Uh, was it Paradox? Abyss. That run of, uh, no, uh, in Flash. Oh, oh, Abyss was Batman. Yeah, yeah I'm not Abyss sure was who Batman. Was in Flash. I, yeah. I think it was Paradox or somebody like that. He wrote that huge run of Flash that got you and I both back into the Flash again. So if there's one thing that this Josh Williamson character can do, he can write the Flash and the villains. We got another favorite, Phil. I had no idea either. Now, yeah, (laughs) I was doing a little bit of research in this, and I was like, because I looked at at Rogues and who wrote it. I'm like Josh Williamson. That name sounds familiar. And then I looked, glanced at the Deathstroke cover as we were going over talking about going into the episode, and I was like, there's no way that's the same Josh Williamson. So quick Google search, and I found out what else this guy's written. He's also currently writing Robin, which is also tying into the big multi crossover. So he's got his fingerprints all over the place in DC Comics. Yeah, and this, again, this is a Deathstroke Inc. number seven is a prelude into Shadow War. It doesn't really work well on its own. There's a lot of endings to previous stories, some Mm -hmm. reveals of characters. Slade is obviously front and center, but so is Rose. There's another character who I don't want to reveal. Looks very much like them, but you find out who it is in this issue and yeah i thought it was it was a nice kind of send off to the the junk that i read before and now here we go with <laughs> a uh a very very interesting lead into this this crossover that's going to go into is it batman or detective uh, i believe it's detective no i think it's batman if not both uh as well as robin and then there's a couple of like one-offs of uh shadow war omega and alpha and things like that if i remember correctly much like fear state had yeah, and then the last book that I really enjoyed, Phil. We can add other books if there's some that you uh, yeah. that you want to talk about. Savage Spider-Man. We made fun of the first issue, rightfully so. This is from Joe Kelly, by the way. Mm-hmm. Art by Gerardo Sandoval. This is all about Baron Zemo more than the Spider. The Spider yeah. is is still fun and is really trying to kill everybody, and it's just this weird mutation. But Baron Zemo does is not afraid of this thing, and is so intrigued by it that he wants to capture it and use it for (laughs) his own means. That's what this whole issue is. It's just Mm -hmm. chaos of that order. And it's a fun, breezy, excellently written read. What'd you think? I I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Um, Did you notice that it was printed on a different paper than comics have been lately? No. It felt very, very different in my hand that I noticed the second that I picked it up at the shop. And I kind of paused and I was like, oh, this is really, it almost feels newspapery. It's a very, very thin paper. So I can actually speak to that, being in the print world with Game Informer. With the war going on, with COVID still being a problem, mm-hmm. that causing all, all this together, uh, gas prices, all that stuff. Paper is super tough in to high come quality. It, yeah, it, it's, it's in high demand. It's hard to come by. And we've had to switch up our paper from time to time just to have paper to print the next issue. So I would not be surprised if that's happening with Marvel and DC. It's just, it's, it's kind of a, a mess, you know, like, and, and you just never know what's going to happen. You plan out like, Hey, we're going to run out of this stock in six months. Yep. What's going to be our next stock, you know? So maybe that's, that's what Marvel's doing. We'll have to keep an eye on 
the other issues that come out here in the the weeks ahead, months ahead to see if if they have the same paper as Savage Spider-Man 2. And it does it does play into there was a rumor a couple of months ago that the paper supply was getting very, very thin as far as like what comics are printed on. So this would definitely be like that just in the forefront and showing that it is, in fact, the case. And the price keeps going up, right? It's not like they're they're skimping on quality. No. Prices of comics keep going up. DC's Black Series, by the way, is printed on the best paper you can imagine. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Saga. I read that this week. I thought it was great. No uh, nudity in this issue. That's what? That's the one thing that we like to point out on the show is is the saga nudity alert and uh, <laughs> the alarms are not going off on this one. But it's an awesome new chapter to to this ongoing story. Uh, anything else that, that you read that you uh, want to talk about? I'm going to harp for a second, much like you do on saga every time one comes out. I thought the new issue of Department of Truth, because it was no longer a flashback episode and starting to move into the next story arc, I thought it was very, very well written. You had stated your concern with the change of artist that happens every couple of issues and how that kind of changes the feel for it. I thought this one was kind of fitting since it does take place in the 70s and deals a lot with the uh, with the Apollo moon landing and into the Nazis or not not Nazis. Well, actually, it did deal with the Nazis, too, and the Soviet Union. But it just keeps going deeper and deeper into this world as to of exactly what it is that the Department of Truth does. And I, I thought it was a wonderfully woven tale. And it looks like the next couple of issues are also going to deal with the Soviet Union. This is all going to be Cold War related stuff. And I, that that's super cool to me. And what else have we had? We had uh, Sasquatch. We had Bigfoot. Mothman. Uh, the Mothman. <laughs> they go. I, we don't want to spoil all of it, but right. Some big legends that they go into. Mm -hmm. and it's they have a lot of fun with it in that that series. It's kind of strange. Like I am all about comics having consistency with artists. Yep. And the the writing duo. Like I I really just want that those if it's if it's working, keep them running as long as they can, right? Because yeah. it's 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 beautiful when it happens. But yeah, you're right. Department of Truth can kind of get away with it just by changing the topic of the week. Yeah. Because I, I think every what the last four or five issues have had different artists on it. Um, I think it, again, depends because it was the same artist that when they were dealing with all the cryptozoology stuff, it was the same person for all of that. And it was the same artist for that first story arc, which I'm sure they're going to get back to with the Starface Man. Those art styles, again, fit what they were talking about. And this one was more office based than anything else. So I think it had that flatter feel to it because it was just like it was Lee talking to, to Nixon the entire time, yeah. almost the entire uh, issue. And I think that's kind of why it had that more stoic look to it. That was a little bit, it wasn't as as chaotic and anarchistic of, a, of an art style. You don't even know from what, how the flow of the text is going to be. <laughs> mm -mm. They, it could just be like you're reading a text document for half the book yep. rather than word balloons, right? Like they, they really do shake things up and try to tie it in with the topic at hand. And, and I appreciate that, but it is kind of sometimes off-putting, right? Like I, I yep. really get into the last thing they did. And then they change it up. I'm like, ah, I kind of want to go back to the old way. But usually it's just a short run when they change it off of yeah, that they... kind of main formula. Mm -hmm. Any other books? No, those are the only ones that I really wanted to rave about this week that that blew my mind a little bit. I would say avoid Venom Lethal Protector. Yeah, that was. Mm. Yeah, it's just kind of a throwback to a place in time where it's like, hey, this this kind of happened in Venom's life at one point. It's the untold story. I don't like these because. When you're going back, you know what the next steps are going to be. You, there's not a lot of chances that are taken there. Yeah. You can tell some sto side stories in there, but we know the end line, right? Or at least the current line where the series is are at. So I'm not all about the prequels. I do like rogues going the other way, right? Like going way into the future 
yeah. even though, you know, with Captain Cold right now, we know where he's at in, in the books. So yeah, that's it from those books. I want to bring up something kind of wild that happened just last week. The very first Marvel comic ever was just called Marvel Comics, number mm-hmm. one. In an auction, this and it was from 1939, in an auction, the first issue sold in a near mint condition for $2.4 million. Wow. And this is a pay copy. So what that means is you have handwritten notes in there on the payments that were made to the artist. So this thing is rare. It is practically one of a kind. I think there was another one that sold for over a million recently, but it wasn't. A, it didn't have those pay notes in there. Marvel Comics, think about that. Just the very first one. Someone now has this in their collection. What do you think your most valuable comic is, Phil? You can get rid of a whole lot of the zeros in that one. I... <laughs> I would say my most valuable is probably sitting between four and five from what I've glanced at just on eBay. And and when I say what it's worth is what I'm seeing people pay for this issue, not what right. a book says that it's worth. Because yeah, you can tell me that something's worth $2,000, but if nobody's willing to pay $2,000, it's not worth that. We all know this as, as anybody who's ever collected anything knows like what it's worth and what it'll sell for are two different things. So yeah, I got, I got a couple of books that go for mid hundreds. Yeah. And one thing I would say is if you really want to know what your comic is worth, what condition it's in, you can get them graded. There are retailers in your areas all across the United States. If you go to your comic shop, ask them if they can send in comics to get them graded. They will do that for you. It costs money and mm-hmm. it's not cheap. You know, to, 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 you're know, you going to be spending hundreds of dollars just to get your collection uh, graded. But if you do have something you think is super valuable, definitely look into that. I, I've been considering it on a few of mine. Yep. I have Iron Man 55. That is uh, the first Thanos and first Drax, <laughs> which is one of my favorites. That thing could be worth something, but it's all about the condition, right? Like if it's a 9.8, that thing's worth thousands of dollars, but right. maybe mine's a seven. And it's like you said, in the, the hundreds of dollars range. Yep. But yeah, wild. $2.4 million. That's, I, you got to wonder where this person, well, where the original person had it stored to keep it even in near mint for the last almost, well, 90 years. 95 years or so. Like, was it just wedged between a couple of issues of National Geographic that kept it pressed nicely? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and why sell it now? Like, that's the thing, too. Like, if I got my hands on something like that, I'd be like, let's get this going right now. Yep. <laughs> let's get this out of here. We're flipping this guy. And once you have your comic graded, then it's up to you to figure out what you want to do with it. I would just put it on a shelf and show it, display it. I have three of them. I've bought them graded. I didn't grade them myself. But I have three of them displayed just because I think they look cool. They're in good shape. You know, they're going to be protected that way. But you can also try to auction them off. You know, that's that's something I would recommend is put them up on eBay, you know, or, um, you know, try to find a different app that allows that and, and see if you have something that, you know, if you do want to part with it, that's that's something you can do. And then buy more comic books, Test the <laughs> buy <waters>. more video games. <laughs> Speaking of video games, we have one kind of strange tie-in that I don't think anybody saw coming. Marvel Unlimited is now a part of Xbox Game Pass. You get three free months if you are an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscriber. Obviously, it's going to open up a web browser or whatever. It's not, you're not playing it like on Xbox per se. You're doing it through, through a website. But it is cool that you get that free subscription for three months. This is going to be an ugly three months for me because um, I already read a ton of comics as is. And if you're going to give me the entire Marvel, well, not quite the entire Marvel backlog, but a huge chunk of it, I'm going to read some weird stuff that I've never read before. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this. 
you usually don't get any of the new stuff on Marvel Unlimited. Like right. they're they're kind of backdated, what, six months, five months, something like that from mm-hmm. new issues. But that said, if you do get it now, I would recommend King in Black, Moon Knight, Kang. You could read all of those first issues, get going on those series, and then you know just keep up with them each month. Also, the entire run of Marvel's Darth Vader, which is quite good, first 15 issues are on there. So you can read all that. And then also all of Ultimate Spider-Man. Wow. Brian Michael Bendis, one of the best comic series ever is on there and totally worth a look if uh, you're looking for something, you know, something new to read. And really, it's a good jumping on point. It's a great app for people that want to jump on to a lot of the Marvel comics that we're currently talking about. because it'll bring you within five, six months, which is a lot more manageable than some of these runs that we've been talking about that have been going on for years. For example, your Thor's, your well, you can't quite do the Hulk, but Thor, Daredevil, all the all the backlog of the Donny Cates intergalactic stuff is all going to be sitting right there at your disposal, and you'll find out why Andy loves it as much as he does. Ah, oh, gosh, yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Just like I've never read anything, and I'm going to go in and just dive into thousands of different series. Gosh, it's got to be overwhelming uh, to start with. But then once you find those two, three titles that you're really into, man. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's just a subscription. So you get it all free. You just yep. download the next one and keep going. Yeah. Such a cool deal. Again, three months. And then I, I don't know if it's going to auto renew on you or if you'll have to uh, oh, I haven't looked re- into that resubscribe. I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but definitely check that if you don't want to keep it on. We've all been snake bit by the <laughs> auto renew. <laughs> Did you watch the... You haven't seen the Batman yet. Yep, so I did not watch the deleted Joker scene that I'm sure we're about to talk about. Yes. So they released a three-minute long Joker sequence that was cut out of the movie. He's in the movie itself as a cameo, mm-hmm. but they have like an actual scene where you get to hear, really kind of get to see the Joker. They kind of split. You don't get to see his face all in one, but you get to see his mouth at one point crystal clear and then his eyes at one point. And looks like the chemicals really did a number on him. His hair is splotchy. Yeah, just kind of grotesque looking. I thought it was interesting. I thought it it added something. And I don't know if I want that Joker as a full movie, though. You know, Heath Ledger knocked it out of the park. Jack Nicholson knocked it out of the park. And uh, oh, who was the one? Uh, The Joker, the movie. Not Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. Won an Academy Award for it. Right. (laughs) A comic book movie, of all things. Here comes number four. That's a tall order. Just avoid the Joker. Ha- have the Joker be like they did in this movie, just kind of off to the side. Recognize that he's around and he's a force. He's locked up. But focus on other villains that mm-hmm. haven't really got the spotlight in the right way. That's what I'd rather have them do than, than go down this path again. Go Joker, into Court of Owls. Yeah, Joker always feels like an easy cop-out to me whenever it comes to any kind of a Batman anything. Sure, he does some... All right, wonderful is not the right word, but he does some big things, and some of his appearance makes such a big impact. But if he's going to be in almost every reboot of every franchise, and like, or not franchise, but of all the Batman movies, and every time they do one, it's just overkill. It's kind of like the Green Goblin and Spider Man is to me as well. Like, I get it; they're their biggest foe, but I sprinkle in some new stuff. Yeah, agreed. Something is killing the children is coming to Netflix at some point. Boom Studios will also have Mark Wade's Irredeemable and Incorruptible hmm. being optioned for TV shows, which is awesome. Like more, yeah. more comic stuff. We've already talked about how there's just too much to keep up with. Why not? You know, let's let's see how these these go. The Boys is a show that I, I absolutely cannot wait for that next season to come out. <laughs> Those first two are just so good. And that's how Garth Ennis is done right. The Preacher Show was terrible. Yes. 
The Boys is exactly what it needs to be. And I can't wait to see what they do with these because these are dark comic book stories as well, superhero stories as well from Mark Wade. Not mm-hmm. as dark as Garth, but very, very uh, controversial material that they get into on these. Which is great because Mark Wade's not necessarily known for writing a lot of darker things either. Yeah, you get them out of uh, Marvel and DC and yeah, look out. Also along the lines of other forms of media that relate to comic books that aren't necessarily comic books, it's recently come out that Suicide Squad has been delayed until early next year. Yeah, Kill the Justice League, the new game from Rocksteady Studios, the team that did the Arkham games. Disappointing, but at the same time, we are already getting Gotham Knights this fall. So that'll give us some more time to play that. And then we can dive into Suicide Squad, hopefully early next year. And hopefully the delay gives them a little bit more time to finally tune things to and put it out to be a pretty flawless game. We have some big events happening in both DC and Marvel. Marvel's going to have something called Judgment Day, which is going to pit the Avengers versus X-Men versus Eternals. Huh. So three huge teams in the Marvel Universe will be going at it in some capacity. That's how they bill it. Obviously, they might have a a short exchange and then have to team up. They're not going to be killing each other, I don't think. Maybe there's one death here or there. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But that's cool that they're doing a big kind of throwdown again kind of billing it that way at least with all these books that are running concurrently in very different ways yeah so i'm really curious to see how they're all going to come to a head here and that's got to be happening here phil in the next few months i wonder if they're going to start sprinkling the x-men into the eternals then like they kind of have been with the avengers and to kind of kick that entire thing off because avengers keep making appearance in the eternals comic series so maybe the x-men are going to start doing so and then we're going to roll from there and uh all three of them are going to sit down and play one hell of a game of chess and the X-Men can cheat. You know, they have this on Krakoa, the planet or the area they're at, the island. I don't even know. Maybe it's a planet now. Maybe it's hurling through space. I don't know where they're at. <laughs> but they can just teleport wherever they want to. So Thanos has been a big part of Eternals. I'm guessing that he might be one of the big bads that gets involved with all this stuff. Yeah. I I, w- I would not complain about that. It's been a while since we had some good Thanos action. Since, uh, what was that? Oh, the Thanos series by Donnie Cates. That was uh, very good. And he's been a constant, like I said, in Eternals, but not really a threat. He's trying to figure out how to become a threat again, right? That's a good way of putting it. He kind of took his position that he did within the Eternals and is now attempting to regain some power over the rest of the universe. And then DC's is called Dark Crisis. This is something that they're working on. And I think it's going to tie in with Crisis of Infinite Worlds, Infinite Crisis, you know, these different crisis stories they have. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with that. I love the events. I love it when the entire comic continuity, all of the books will shut down and focus on that. You know, everybody has to talk about this story that's going on. I think it's it's cool when you have those events. And I'm hoping both of these are that. As long as it's not quite to the scale of Countdown and the original 52 were, I'm okay with them. Yeah. And for people that don't know what those are, 52, <laughs> it was every week for one st- for 52 weeks, right? There was 52 yep. issues. Full calendar year. And then count was Countdown the same thing? Did they Countdown the was exact- the same thing. Yeah, oh, it counted God. down to 52 and then 52 happened and then the big reboot happened. It was two years worth of nonsense that DC put us through. <laughs> I can't remember a thing about those books either. I only remember it because I was recently bagging and boarding all of my comics and I stumbled across it and it was like, oh God, that's right. We lived through this, didn't we? 
How many comics do you got a bag and board? I keep up like week to week. I'm up to date as far as bagging goes, but I could use probably 10,000 boards at this point. Ah, okay. So you uh, only 10, bag. 10,000 is an exaggeration. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're going back. Oh, boy. Yeah, I got I certain wonder... series that automatically hit the board as soon as I get them. Your Batmans, your Detectives, your Daredevils, your Something's Killing the Children's Department of Truths. Like some of the titles that I'm currently very, very invested in or just have a very large collection of just automatically get the bag and board to, to start with. And something we want to start with here, Phil, something we mm-hmm. want to do. We want to read with our listeners. Yeah. We want to have a discussion about certain books from yesteryear. What's the first one we should do? Uh, you and I talked about it, and actually we had a write-in from somebody that suggested to, it, which lo- led to an hours-long discussion between you and I as to what it's going to come down to. And the reader, unfortunately, I don't remember the name off the top of my Chris head. You Cobb. happen to have it. Chris Cobb was the name? He was the one that suggested this idea to us, and his two titles that he brought forth were Batman Year One mm-hmm. and Craven's Last Hunt, which are both huge, huge, beautifully told stories. Huge meaning like in the scope of the universe, not lengthwise. If I remember right, Year One was four issues and Craven's Last Hunt is six. Yeah, I think Year One holds up better than Craven in terms of just readability, but I think you can get Craven on... The Marvel app we just talked about. So yep. we should do that. Most definitely. And I think that we, we talk enough Batman as is. Probably even more so behind the scenes than we do while we're sitting here recording for everybody. But I think that Craven would be one. And it's he's not a huge name that everybody knows that reads comic books where everybody knows Batman. Sure, everybody knows Spider-Man. But Craven's kind of a, a lesser known villain. And I think that's what we should end up reading too. Yeah. And there is a Craven movie coming. <laughs> of course, which is shooting is. right now. And uh, there is a set picture that leaked of what Craven kind of looks like. Yeah. Oh, boy. No, no. Oh, that wasn't <laughs> is, a good old boy. No, it's it's nothing like you would expect. It's just like a guy in a trench coat and I don't know, wearing khakis. I, I, like, what? I want to see Craven done right. But dude, Craven done right. Like him wearing like the weird tiger the, the half lion <laughs> head the half lion mane ac- across yeah, him and like just looking yeah, yeah looking like classic craven on along those lines though i will say this is what i this was during the time that i consider leading into if not the golden age of spider-man for me because it did transpire during amazing spider-man number 293 and 294 with the two issues that touched in that which then led into of course the epic number 300 which gave us venom and the big todd mcfarlane run like this was the time for me for spider-man it was originally in 1987 and i feel like those 10 years that were kind of in that area were just the best spider-man around in my opinion yeah that i agree with that 100 the best spider-man and then ultimate spider-man mm-hmm. and then i think you know in the last few years they, they've hit their stride again and i've Definitely. really enjoyed some of the newer stuff beyond been okay you know yep. like there's there's some highlights there some you know when they've revealed that they have they're working on villains as well i was like oh okay but they kind of uh, backed away from that pretty quickly. <laughs> At least the, the last villain they introduced, they got rid of in, you know, in one issue, basically. It was like, oh, I guess that's not going to go anywhere. I think she'll be coming back. No, not she. It. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's why. Um, <laughs> when is the last time you think you read Craven's Last Hunt? When it came out? Yeah, I think that's probably about the same for me as well. I'm looking forward but- to revisiting this. Yeah, and it's one of those that sticks with you, though. Like, mm-hmm. I can remember panels and words from that, you know, exchanges between Craven and Spider-Man very clearly. And it's like, I can also remember, like, you brought up the Todd McFarlane's run, you know, the doom, yeah. doom, doom, and yeah. having his art style in there. And it's like, 
well, this is the most intense Spider-Man's ever been. And yeah, there's just comics that transcend time that, you know, you, you hold on to and uh, are some of the best ever. And that's, that's definitely one of them. Same with, you know, Batman year one, these are both good picks. So yeah, let's start with that. So here's your marching order. How many weeks should we give people to read this? Two, one? I think we should go with a full two. That'll give them some time because, you know, everybody else has got 20 books a week that they pick up just like we do, right? Yeah. So no, probably not. <laughs> By the way, we're going to get to, we're going to get to next week's books. This is bad news, Phil. Oh God. It's going to be, this is going to be maybe one of the biggest weeks ever. You're warning me of this right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's, I'll, it's, I'll take a deep it's breath. Uh, so two weeks in two weeks, not next episode, but the one after we're going to re-review Craven's last hunt. We'll pull in your comments. So please send them to Phil and I on Twitter. I'm at Andrew underscore Reiner. You're at P Hoff. No, I'm at B now 23. We've been playing video games together for 20 years and it's been the gamer tag for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, when I'm driving home, sometimes I'm like, where do I live? You know? <laughs> that's, that's very true. I've said more than once, you're the only person that I know that before like GPS was a readily available thing that had to GPS their way to work every day. <laughs> I could tell you where to go in Grand Theft Auto, like everywhere in that neighborhood, better than I know any street in, in real life. Like I, I'm just terrible with... I don't know why navigations. I just don't pay attention. I'm just like, whatever, drive my car. I'm going to tell a quick old time story about you and I, if you don't mind, feel free and credit if you want to. I moved to the Minneapolis area in 1997 and I'd know I'd met Andy in either 95 or 96. And over the course of our conquest of comics, I had been living here for about a year and a half or so. And I'm asking him how to get to places. And you would seriously just shrug and go, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> which is how I ended up driving us to everywhere is because I learned my way around Minneapolis quicker in a year and a half than you did in 23 or 24 years at that point. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. It's mm-hmm. just in to this day. It's like, I don't, I don't know how to go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a very simple man, Phil. <laughs> leave me, leave me alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go on to next week's books. Next week's books. All right, I want you to count with me now. And we'll we'll count we'll say getting it after I mention it. But then you, you know, gotta keep a, count. There's a bunch that I'm on the fence on that I end up either that I end up buying that I didn't think I was gonna buy, but yeah. All right. Okay. But we're just when you hear it, if you're thinking of getting it, say getting it. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense to me. I should say got it. All right, here we go. Amazing Spider Man number ninety three. Getting it. Getting it. Hulk, number five. Getting it. Yep, getting it. Dark Ages, number six. Getting it. Getting it. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 36. Getting it. Something is Killing the Children, 21. Getting it and all the variants. Getting it. Oh, my God, Phil. (laughs) Spawn, 328. DC versus Vampires, six. Immortal X-Men, number one. Ah, oh, maybe. Getting it. Batman, One Dark Knight. Yes, getting it. That's number two. Ghost Rider, number two. Getting, getting it. it. The Swamp Thing, number 11. Getting it. Captain Marvel, number 37. Getting it. Hmm? Batman Beyond the White Knight. <clears throat> That's going to hit a maybe and I don't want it, but I'm easily persuaded by stupid things. Radiant Black 13. Getting, getting it. it. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 127. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Annual 2022, number one. Ooh. Yeah, it's fancy. Star Wars Bounty Hunters 21. Get in it. Silk, number three. Ooh, that's a maybe as well. Shadow War Alpha, number one. Get Get in it. it. Silver Surfer Rebirth, number three. Get in it. Getting it. Spider Woman, number 21. This is the last issue in this series. I I was surprised by that. Oh, really? I enjoyed that series when it first started, and for some reason I dropped off. Is this a Devil's Reign tie-in? No. Okay, I'm out. (laughs) Iron Fist, number two. Getting it. Getting it. A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number six. Wish I was getting it. Newburn, number five. Hell yes. War for Earth, three, number two. Uh, yeah, because I've read everything else in it. Hulk Grand Design, monster, number one. Getting it. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. Yeah, I'm probably on board on that, too. Rogue Sun, number two. Getting, getting that it. as well. Excellent, number two. X-Men Unlimited Latitude, number one. Getting it. Oof. Aquaman number two, or Aquaman number two. Step by Bloody Step number two. If number one's still there, I might get that. The Magic (laughs) Order two number six. Animal Castle number four. Sensational Wonder Woman special number one. Is that a tie-in of the big War of the Amazons thing that's going on? No. Not that I'm getting that, but I was just kind of curious. Hellboy, the Silver Lantern Club, number five. We Don't Kill Spiders, number four. Here's one that might get you. Astro City, that was then special. That's on my pull list. Vampirella Dracula, unholy, number four. Almost American. Batman Phase Clan, number one. Probably... FaZe Clan is an online gaming clan, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. That so sounds like a- really stupid. I'm all in. <laughs> oh, boy. The Heathens, number five. Do I just buy a short box this week? I know. My like, stuff home? <laughs> Grim Fairy Tales, number 58. Heavy Metal, number 315. And I think we're getting near the end. Oh, no. Transformers, Wars End, number two. <laughs> That's me getting it. Cities of Magic, number one. I think we can call it that. I'm at 16, Phil. I'm at 18 and at least three maybes. And also, our comic store is getting the Something is Killing the Children bundle, the new variant covers, the oh, third good. collection. I can't remember the artist that's doing David this Mack. Yeah, David Mack. So it's he like five most- issues. It's a $40 bundle. I'm getting it. I, so uh, I have fifteen dollars. I have fifteen books and that that forty dollar bundle. Damn it! That's one week again. It's not very often that I hit triple digits, but I've got a feeling I'm doing it this week. Yeah. Oh, I will be. I'll be at like one hundred and thirty dollars guaranteed. That's it's, it's, it's going to be out of yeah. I just got to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a week, and I'm good to uh, go. Come work for me for a week, and I'll feed you all week, man. <laughs> okay a deal <laughs> free food to pay for my comic books it's a it's a, it's a good trade-off 
And if any, if we mentioned uh, any of these that we weren't buying, and you, if you recommend them, we'd love to know what they are. We want to read everything that's great and recommend it to our listeners as well. But as always, thank you so much for listening to our silly little show here. Phil, any parting words? Um, no, just, yeah, if you recommend to me almost anything, as you can tell by what all I read, I'll probably pick up at least three issues of it. And if I like one of the three issues of it, I'm going to buy the entire run. Yeah, me too. That's, <laughs> that's the problem. It, it's hard to say no once you start. It's like, well, maybe it'll get better. <laughs> maybe... Maybe the seventh issue of Deathstroke will be the one that hits it out of the park. And then it does, and you're like, damn yeah, it. And you're, and you're like, I kind of justified things, but not really. Um, but anyway, we'll be back again in seven short days with another episode. Thank you for listening again. Bye, everyone. Take care.